Mm. I'll just like I'll just like flow one real quick and see how it goes. Hello there. Welcome to a very special holiday edition of the Turd Polisher Podcast. Today, I'm here with Navid, as always, and we have a special guest, Paul Hale of Trebuchet. You can say hi. Oh, hello. Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> hi. Hi, everybody. And yes, this is not Paul's official episode. This is just a, a mini episode, maybe, unless it's really long, then cut that out. So, hey, here we are. Mm-hmm. We thought it'd be fun to do a holiday special uh, while we're working on some other episodes that are about halfway done. We put out a little poll asking what some people's least favorite holiday songs were and the overwhelming response was uh paul mccartney's wonderful christmas time the mood is right the spirit's up we're here tonight and that's enough simply having a wonderful christmas time yeah and coincidentally my band trebuchet uh which paul is in also, along with legend of the podcast, Lauren H. And love Lauren also, H. God, love her. <laughs> love that Lauren H. <laughs> we all love Lauren H here. Yeah. <laughs> and Elliot Whitehurst as well, uh, our band Trebuchet. We had already started working on a cover of that song for the Phoenix Theater Christmas special that will be coming out. So I thought, why well, might as well just talk about the cover that, that we did. Uh, I brought Paul along to talk about it. So I thought just a monologue of me talking about this. <laughs> Yeah. But you got there, Paul, some nog? I do have some nog, yeah. I'm trying to get you're into gonna, this, you know? You're going to shit yeah. your pants. <laughs> yep. no, this, is, uh, this is almond nog. Sorry, I okay, hate to break yeah. to you. How yeah. is it? Um, you know, it, just like anything that's uh, alternative, it's not as good. I like yeah. that it's there's a tradition of <laughs> a milky, eggy drink with alcohol <laughs> that you drink warm, <laughs> which is just like already like drinking throw up. And, like, <laughs> to imagine people drinking, like, more than one cup of it yeah. in, like, the service of, like, celebrating something and, like, mm-hmm. just how sick you would get. I don't know. I would get sick after one. So, I just love right. that. God, I just got it. I'm almost done with it. It's so good. There's that really good Simpsons quote where, like, Homer has the fridge full of nog. And uh, I just, I'm trying to find it real quick so I don't butcher it. Like, so Marge opens the fridge. Homer, didn't you get any milk? All I see is eggnog. Tis the season, Marge. We only get 30 sweet noggy days. Then the government takes it away again. (laughs) Uh, Moi. So good. So, well, okay. So you already mentioned, like, that's everybody's least favorite. The funny thing is, that's, like, kind of my favorite like christmas song like simply having a wonderful christmas time is and like last year when we were doing the trebuchet or the vaguely trebuchet christmas special Uh that was the one i wanted to do and elliot was like no like hard no i hate that song so i thought it was extra funny that you guys were doing it this year yeah um because not like i'm jealous but it was just like i i wanted to know what elliot (laughs) was like during that process um right was he forced into it or like, did I wear him down to the point where when you asked, he was just like, fine. Like, right. Yeah. You know? No, I think he was, he was pretty open to it. I um, can't remember who we, the original idea belonged to. Probably um, you. 
I think it was me. Maybe it was yeah. me. I want to take credit for this because I remember. Um, you go for it. Yeah. The, you uh, <laughs> uh, because it's Jim is putting on this um, this Phoenix Christmas special, and I was like, it would be really cool because he loves this song. He's just a huge Beatles fan, huge Paul McCartney fan. So um, I was like, well, we, we got to do Wonderful Christmas Time. I listened to it, and I was just like, fuck this song. Man, this song fucking uh, licks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, guys. I don't know if we can do this. And then Navita, I think you said, like, no, no, let's do it, like, down tempo. Let's do it, like, super spaced out. It'll be cool. Yeah. And, uh, and we did. Uh, before we get too deep, I think it's time for some song facts. Mm. Uh, song facts jingle right here. So this song is Wonderful Christmas Time. Christmas Time, one word. The artist is, of course, Sir Paul McCartney. It is written, performed, produced by Paul McCartney, all by himself. Mm. That makes uh, sense. 1979 is when it was released. He wrote it in uh, on August 30th, which is my birthday, but, you know, before I was born. Then it was released in November of that same year. It peaked at number six on the UK singles chart. It didn't really do too well on the US charts, but this year it peaked at number 45 on the Billboard Hot 100, just like last week, which is the highest it's ever charted. And you do kind of see this a lot now. It's because now that streaming is a thing, kind of weird one-off songs like this, and especially the Mariah Carey Christmas song. Those are just like shooting up the charts because everyone's streaming them for the holidays, so they get the Billboard credits. Whereas before, they only counted album sales. Mm-hmm. It's like, how many holiday albums are you really selling? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you hear yeah. this all the time. I like, <laughs> I like the way it starts. It's like, he just got a new keyboard for Christmas, and he's sort of like playing it for the first time. He sort of just like stumbles in there. He's like, it's just is sick. It's yeah. just like a the keyboard couldn't play anything that isn't sick. But I could also imagine when that was new it being like so shitty sounding. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So that that keyboard is a Yamaha CS80, which is just like this huge behemoth. It's very cool. It's like early analog synthesis. And it probably was a situation where he was in the studio, was playing around this new keyboard and came up with these sounds. It's like that's that's it. Hmm. And the last stat I have here is that it is estimated by Forbes that Paul McCartney makes $400,000 a year from this song. Wow. God. So since 1979, that I think it said it, that was $15 million that he's made from this one song. Whoa. I mean... That's played for like, what, a month? Yeah. <laughs> a year? Uh, I almost always want to say Paul McCarthy. I don't know why. Weird. I, I know his name, but as soon as I started, my brain, I, I, ha- I feel myself fighting against it. There is no Paul McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy? Now you're thinking of Jenny McCartney. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Paul McCartney. Paul Hale. <laughs> yes. You have spent a lot of time with Christmas music um, mm. between being in choirs and also being in a caroling troupe what is your overall feelings about christmas music you know i I grew up really liking christmas music we did the christmas tree we did the whole thing christmas was a big deal in our house Mm -hmm. gifts were going off we went all out so i like i grew up on um like amy grant christmas Man, 
Gloria Stefan Christmas. Uh, the stuff that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> go, go take a listen to that stuff now. You're just like, woo. I'll put some clips in. Yeah. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> but it's also, you know, so nostalgic. So I, I, I don't know. I've always loved Christmas. So I, I'm, I'm into it. Like, I love those old Christmas tunes. That's even more interesting because it sounds like you're generally a fan and then you also just kind of hate this one. We, uh, that's right. Um, this one, yeah, the synth, that cheesy-ass synth shit in the beginning, it just, like... It's funny because this usually happens where you're like, that song sucks, and then you start, like, playing it, and you're like, well, actually, that song doesn't suck that bad. When we when we started doing it, it was like, okay, like, this verse is actually kind of catchy. It's just the same three notes. And it's like alternating lyrics. Like the lyrics are not inventive. It's like these little statements. And then he actually, like we cut some of them out for our version, but he just repeats them, which is what we did. I, we kind of like doubled the verses every time, but it's just the same like six statements that he just rotates. So it's certainly not like lyrically rich and the lyrics aren't really saying much but yeah as you start to sing you're like yeah actually this is kind of fun it's not so bad (laughs) but but we're also not doing that that whole cheesy synth thing you know we we completely changed that part of it so uh, i wasn't disgusted by that part of the song yeah now your guys version is is different it's um it packs a way more emotional punch to it it's definitely Mm deeper <laughs> in most ways um i wanted to say though like i wonder you know the cheesy synth keeps coming up like at this point like that synth is like retro sounding i wonder if that's why this song is getting like more popular you know people are really into not that they haven't always been but like an 80s synth that was cheesy in the 90s is now like really cool sounding to people you know everyone wants to hear like stranger things soundtrack you know there's such a like throwback yeah nostalgia thing happening and i think like i mean obviously there's people that are really knowledgeable about synths but these these days it's easier to kind of have like a pedestrian knowledge of synths you know what a synth is and you're like oh that's a that sounds like the 80s and that's cool and this reminds me of et and i'm i'm there you know like i mm-hmm. i wonder if that's part of the appeal for people like yeah i saw a lot of like in defense of wonderful christmas time articles floating around it's like sure it sounds like he wrote this in five minutes and maybe he did but isn't that even more amazing he made a christmas classic in potentially five to ten minutes yeah i would actually um that's an interesting thing about it getting stuck in your head Mm -hmm. it's not really true like the lyric simply having a wonderful christmas Mm -hmm. time does but actually the melody is really really difficult to remember like Mm -hmm. i cannot for the life of me sing it correctly to you i know it's like simply having a wonderful christmas time simply having a wonderful christmas time (laughs) (laughs) something like that but i'm not like the verse i don't know like you you just said it to me and i don't know so it's actually not catchy like right compared to most christmas songs um but that's maybe part of its charm it's like different Mm -hmm. 
It's almost just like someone told Paul McCarthy. <laughs> just kidding. I did that on purpose. It's almost as if someone told Paul McCartney, like, Christmas is a thing. He's like, I, I got to check this whole Christmas thing out. And he's just like, but before I do, I should just, like, write a song. Like, to see how close I am. Like, once I re- hear one. Like, he'd never heard a Christmas yeah. song. And he's like, well, I'll try. Yeah. This is what I would assume Christmas songs sound like. And he kind of, like, busted it out. And then it was pretty close, but it's pretty different. Like he's got the sleigh bells the in there, songs. you know. Yeah, that's true. He's got the sleigh bells. He's got the ding dongs, the ki- the uh, choir of children saying like, ding dong, ding dong. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. <laughs> the ding dongs. Yeah, that's cool. So, so I have some. I have some listener input for the song. Also, I forgot to sure. read that off earlier. Um, a lot of people. Again, just kind of taking a dump on the song. Uh, legend of the podcast, Emily Whitehurst, says just one word, terrible, about this song. Um, Anthony J. says, this is the only song that comes to mind for Turd Polisher for me. Uh, some positive things. Unofficial co-host, Lauren H. says, I don't hate it, but the choir of children part is cloying. A uh, good friend, Nick V, says, I used to hate it, but it broke its way through to the other side. Now it reminds me of Christmas in a good way. Hmm. Yeah. And then Jim, our good friend, Jim Aegis, had a lot to say. His name I'll drop. He'll like it. Jim Aegis says, a lot of haters out there, but this shit rips. Second best Paul M song of all time. Bested only by temporary secretary. Huh. I don't think I know that song, but uh, well, I'll put a clip of it here. What? It's fucking temporary secretary. So, Paul, do you want to talk about what we did for this cover here at all? Or Yeah. Uh, well, I think it largely stemmed from your idea. When we initially were listening to it, it was just like, how the fuck are we going to make this thing good? Um, or anything that's like different from that. A lot of times when I hear a song, it's like, I don't, I don't even know how to transform it at all it's just like this this idea is just like in my head i can't unhear it i can't think of anything else so um i think for this at least i relied mostly on like okay navid has a a vision for this so um when we first got together to just like just kind of spitball ideas it was like okay this is this is kind of the drum beat that i was thinking of and this is kind of like the pace and then Mm -hmm. from there we kind of like okay, well, let's pick a key. I don't even think we listened to it because I think we ended up doing like a whole step higher than he does it. Um, so we just settled on C and it was like, okay, well, let's just, kind of, we didn't listen to it. We just kind of like figured it out. And I was like, how about these chords? So it was, it was not even really, it's more based on like the melody of the song than the music because the music was the part that I was just like, nah, this is bad. Let's not try to replicate this at all. So from there we just kind of like did that sort of free rubato section in the, in the beginning where we just kind of like we'll just let it go and um 
then we kind of settled on, settled on the chords and it kind of just came together, really. I mean, it was, it was pretty easy to put together once we started going on it. But the main idea, I think, which was let's do some sort of vocoder, some sort of harmonizer on the vocals to kind of give it that vibe, kind of the Bon Iver vibe. Down along the creek, I remember something. Which really speaks to me since I'm a fanboy. Yeah, um, I agree with everything you just said. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, uh, like he, what he does, uh, Bon Iver does on... Um, 715 Creeks, that is kind of like what we were kind of going for mm-hmm. with this. I'm all about this approach to doing a cover is really, you know, the approach I always push on this podcast. I'm always like, let's do it as different as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really appreciated that. And being someone that actually likes the original, I'm not offended by this cover. This cover is good. This I, I like this cover better than the original. Oh, so, shit. Kudos to you. Yes. And you love that song, so that's a that's a compliment. Because for me, it's like, if you're going to fucking cover something, change it. Because if it's going to be too similar and the song is good, then what's the point of covering it? Of course, it's a wonderful idea if the song is bad to cover it. Yeah. <laughs> Turd Polisher theme song. Go. Right there. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, that's like, I get, I obviously I get that. I like that. Like, take a song and make it better or just change it enough so it's different mm-hmm. um I, i'm all about that and i i think uh you, you get to see it from another perspective or hear it from another perspective and i think it's there's some value in it. and i think paul like how you described once you were in the song you're sort of like well this is actually not such a bad place to be inside of once you kind of gut out like a couple of the theme like a couple of the you know characteristics that you dislike right um and it's still totally you know, spiritually uh, wonderful Christmas time. You know, it doesn't sound like a completely new song, but it's just a completely new take on it. And it's, um, I think it's cool. We, we kind of did it more like melodramatic and there's some more minorness to it as far as the chord changes uh, than the original. And this is coming back to our dear friend Jim Ages here. Uh, he had informed us that he had misunderstood the lyrics when he was younger. And he thought it was, instead of uh, we're s- simply having... A wonderful Christmas time. He thought it was. We seem to be having a wonderful Christmas time, <laughs> and like that is just kind of like I know it's like you know you're at your family's Christmas and no one's getting along. It's like well, we seem to be having a wonderful Christmas time, aren't we? So that's yeah. kind of the. I, and I think Paul, you do say seem to be having. I do I, a few times you, you instead gotta of put that in there. You gotta put it was a little a little wink and a nod to Jim. But then uh, so just as far as the rest of the band. Uh, of the things we played, Paul and I played keyboards. Uh, Paul did the vocals. <laughs> Elliot played guitar. And he, I think, did a really nice job um, kind of doing little nods to certain parts in the original version on his guitar that turned out to be pretty cool sounding. Nice, some little licks here and there. Like he does the, the ding dong part. Uh, 
And then I think one of the more important things is uh, Lauren uh, played drums. Uh, Paul, do you want to talk about that at all? Or Yeah, so um, she's been starting to play drums only since July of this year after she started losing her hearing. So it's increasingly harder for her to sing or really play anything, any sort of pitched instrument. Um, she could still do it. I mean, she's so good. She could just play by feel. But um, yeah, she started taking drums in July and we we do, you know, we have a little baby at home. So we've been doing video lessons. She'll go over on Sundays. She's been just doing it every week and keeping up on it. She goes a night a week too to go practice. And um, dude, she's just like killing it straight off the bat. It's really very cool thing to see, especially as a teacher, since I, I do that as my job too. So to have a student that's like on it and Gabe, you could probably uh, sympathize with this too. It's like, it's a thrill to teach her. Um, and then just to see her just rip on this track is like, oh, it's so satisfying. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's very impressive. I mean, Lauren's already just like a shredder musician, but being solid at the drums enough to record that solid after like six months is is really remarkable. Yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, that's I was so fucking like I was so excited to hear that Lauren was playing drums, obviously, like, yeah, but it hadn't sunken in. So when I heard like this trebuchet song, I was like, oh, you know, Paul sounds awesome on this track, you know, and then Navid's like, that's Lauren. And I'm like, what? I was like, dude, that is so sick. I forgot that fucking Lauren is drumming now. And I'm just like blown away. This sounds so good. Like, it's it's incredible. That's a, that's a fuck, dude. I mean, I've been playing fucking drums my entire life. And right. it's still like daunting to record in the studio and like be solid. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm, I'm Especially, really you know, with her hearing loss too. It's like she only can hear out of the one ear. She has like an inner monitor that's basically blaring the click track, but she's playing to a click. Uh, like, dude, six months after learning the drums, it's like there's just no way that I'd be able to do that. Um, Play, playing to a click, period, is fucking hard. For, yeah. for drummers that have been playing forever. That's yes. hard shit, man. Some people are just like, nope, don't do that. You know? Man, she's great. Um, is it true that the Lauren we're talking about and Lauren H, is that the same person? You know, we'll never know. Okay. We'll never okay. know. <laughs> but okay. um, I guess in the spirit of keeping this a mini episode, we should just play the cover here. Great. And we can let Paul go, unless you wanted to stay and talk about Adam Sandler, <laughs> which you are welcome to do. <laughs> Zippity doo! Hey, Zippity doo! <laughs> um, so, yeah, feel free to stay. And yes, uh, thanks for being here, Paul. You're great. Love you. Love Merry you. Christmas. You guys killed it. Lauren H. rocks.
Okay, welcome Sweet. back. This is um this is going to be part 2 of our holiday episode and we're going to talk about Hanukkah. We are. So, no one listed the song as their most hated Christmas song because it's not a Christmas song. Yeah. It's in fact a Hanukkah song. It is in fact the Hanukkah song. Also, yeah. this song is good. This song is, is, good. is good. Sorry. So, no, it's good. And that's that's not how it happened. So, like, basic, okay, basically, yeah. the whole idea for this episode was, like, Navid was, like, what are we going to do for our, like, Christmas episode or whatever? And we talked about Christmas songs. And it was, like, maybe you asked, like, if there's any Hanukkah songs or something. I was, like, not really, mm-hmm. except for, like, the Hanukkah song, like, by Adam yeah. Sandler. And, like, Hanukkah, Hanukkah, let's light the menorah, whatever. It would be weird to like shit on like a traditional song. <laughs> Although, if someone did like the Star Spangled Banner, I would be super stoked. But anyway, um, <laughs> like, so basically, I was sort of like, as a joke, like, oh, we should just like cover the Hanukkah song by Adam Sandler, but do like a rock opera, like, <laughs> crazy version, you know? And this is like Navid and I just making each other laugh, like we're doing all the time, like through text, but it's not. I didn't think we would really do it, yeah. <laughs> but then it was like, uh, it was like kind of like, uh oh, actually, yeah, we, we're going to do that. And then we're, and we're like, okay, well, like the way we should do it is like exquisite corpse style. So like I cut up the song, like the lyrics, like verse. Tell them what verse. exquisite corpse is. Oh, so f- yeah. Sorry. For those who aren't familiar with Dada, I didn't take their art history class. Um, Exquisite Corpse is like a drawing game where you fold a piece of paper and, you know, in three, usually in three. Um, and it, three people like draw a segment of a drawing. So you draw like, it's usually bodies. Like, so it's, um, you know, one person draws the head, 
and then you draw like two little lines for the neck and you fold it and so the next person can't see the head all they see is where the neck starts they do the body next person does the legs then you unfold it and you see your weird like exquisite corpse which is like you know a fucked up body with three different artists it's super fun game to play if you have artistic talent or none at all it's awesome so that's what exquisite corpse is and so i was like we should do a musical version of that where you know we'll keep it in the same key or we'll tell each other if there's going to be a key change or if you can do a key change yourself but change back and we'll keep it at the same bpm which is beats per minute which is tempo so navid will do all his parts and then i'll do my all my parts and we won't hear each other's parts it was kind of like the way that paul mccartney wrote his christmas song without ever hearing a christmas song before (laughs) Uh, it's really similar and so um i texted navid later i was like hey man like if this whole Hanukkah song thing seems like really stressful or it's like adding any like stress to your life, like we could totally bail on it. We don't have to do it, you know? And Navid was like, oh, I'm almost done with all my parts. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck. <laughs> so I was like, I got to fucking start mine like tonight. So like after Melinda went to bed, I kind of like came into my studio and like whispered out my fucking parts and figured out what I wanted to do, you know? just i i knew i wanted it to be like a rock opera like i wanted it to be like kind of proggy it didn't end up being as proggy as i wanted it to be um but i definitely like it's definitely crazier than the original the original is like acoustic guitar and which yeah, not- well, i think it's a good time for me to quickly insert a little bit of song facts here The Hanukkah Song. From Adam Sandler, it is written by Adam Sandler and a couple of SNL writers, uh, Lewis Morton and Ian Maxtone Graham. Mm. Uh, they both went on to do work on like Simpsons and Family Guy and a bunch of animated stuff. It was it debuted on SNL Weekend Update in 1994, and then it was officially released. I think as a single in 95, and then it was on the 1996 album, What the Hell Happened to Me. Mm-hmm. That album. Uh, which I had and I loved as a kid. Yes. And um, probably pretty problematic if you listen back to it now, <laughs> is my guess. <laughs> um, Safe guess. And then it, it actually did, in 1999, mm. it peaked at number 80 on the Billboard Hot 100 which is pretty impressive that a novelty song would. Gabe's showing off his CD of What the Hell Happened to Me. <laughs> just, I have it. I mean, yeah. I've had it available been, already. Yeah. Yeah. It's just here. I, I have it. And there's four different versions that Adam Sandler has performed that have been documented uh, where he, and like he kind of changes the people that he lists oh. in each one. Like I think he starts saying Polly Shore at some point uh, for one of the people. Okay, because um, you added that. In. I did uh, mention Polly Shore as a background vocal. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask about that, but yeah. now, now I don't need to. And I, I thought most impressively, Neil Diamond included a cover of this on his 2009 album, A Cherry Cherry Christmas. <laughs> and boy, it's really something. A little bit of fan feedback on this song. So our dear friend Pilar, just uh, her response was the poop emoji about the song. So not a fan. Hmm. She's wrong. But and then a couple of people like uh, one friend, Jen, says, as a Jew, I love and hate it, at least because of it. Some people know there are eight nights of Hanukkah. (laughs) 
And uh, one of your friends, Gabe, says, glad there's a Hanukkah song, but it's kind of annoying, right? Yeah. So yeah. all those people are incorrect. The song is great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and I, I don't know. It feels like a good enough time as any to say that, like, I love Adam Sandler. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, like I mean, Billy Madison is, like, the godfather for me. I mean, that's, yeah. like, I've probably seen that movie a million times, and I think about it probably every day, especially since <laughs> I am going back to school right now. I yeah. think about it all the time. I mean... <laughs> In my, like my sister and I used to watch it religiously and me and my brothers and I watched it too. We all watched it, but like, I've seen it so many times and you know, Happy Gilmore and Mixed oh Nuts, God. which is a Christmas movie, by the way. And, um, mm. Airheads is one of my all time favorite movies. Like in fifth grade, I watched it every single day. So for me, like <laughs> as a kid, I mean, fuck Adam Sandler is just, he's the best, you know? And mm-hmm. I have that yes. CD still. I went to kind of like a hippie high school. We had like a radio program, like, uh. You could do radio as like an elective and there was like mm. a radio, it was like a radio shack actually. It was like a little shack and it was like, it wasn't really broadcasted like on the air, but there were like speakers outside in the school and like people would have radio shows and if you were outside chilling, you could hear the radio show. And so my friend and I had one and I mean, that was the first time I heard like piece of shit car. Piece of shit car. I got a piece of shit car. Mm. When I was a little kid and like that, I mean, I thought that was really funny. And um, so, you know, I feel like he's baked sort of deep into me somehow, especially with like the music, funny music thing. I mean, I, I love, I mean, it's delicate territory. Like I, I get that it's cheesy. I get that it's trite. I get that it's dumb, but there was a part of me that genuinely loved and appreciated it. And I get it. Like, I mean, when I, when Hanukkah song came out, I was in elementary school. I loved it. You know, I really loved it. And um, I thought it was funny. And dude, my dad, (laughs) to this fucking day, like, it's Hanukkah right now. And every time I call him to wish him happy Hanukkah, he goes, call your friend Veronica. And he starts like singing it. You know what I'm saying? Which is like, yeah, if you think about that, like, this is a Jewish man. He's been a Jew for over 60 years. And Mm -hmm. he had Hanukkah for a long time before this song existed. This song came out and suddenly was the Hanukkah song like that's pretty powerful you know give props to Adam Sandler and I'm really hoping he listens to this <laughs> and I'm really hoping that like he approves of our cover of it because this is definitely like an homage this isn't like this song sucked and we needed to save it this was just like we're just covering the Hanukkah song and we're just like trying to make it uh totally fucking insane and I think we did a pretty good job <laughs> making it different enough but uh it's just a, it's a total uh, tribute to it i think i mean i don't mm-hmm. know what do you think Navid? are you how do you feel about it the approach to the cover i just like i was like okay like what's the silliest stuff we can do i did it in one night and i think gabe did it in two nights because he was recording live drums and i didn't have to do that yeah i'm pretty pleased with how it turned out it's ridiculous when you sent me your parts i was like gabe what have you done like i was <laughs> I, text, I texted you I text and i Paul. said i was like it's like 60 tracks what's he doing <laughs> i said be afraid be very yeah. afraid and then i didn't send it till the next day I, yeah <laughs> and um i appreciate what you said but it took me like like four days i worked on i worked on it a lot and i mean so um but I, hours the hours spent yeah, yeah. oh yeah it, 
two full days, like 48 yeah, hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mine was like, like one night. And I went to the other room. I was like, Danielle, I'm so sorry. I'm going to be recording these vocals and uh, <laughs> just I'll close the door. <laughs> I'm sure it was a treat um, for me. Like it was a fun thing to do to cover a song, which was already funny because for me, when we're covering songs on this podcast, which, you know, objectively are serious, like who, the person who wrote them was always serious. Like, I'm always sort of like, okay, how can I make this funny to me? That's one of the ways I get deep into a song. And so when this one was funny already, I wanted what I thought would be funny was like making it serious. You know what I mean? So the moments that are serious in our cover revamp it's funniness. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, totally, like, totally. And I, I think it gives it kind of like a new life in that way because, like, there's some, especially some of the, <laughs> some of the stuff you did not be, which is like, you know, like I mean, all the genres that we did, I mm -hmm. think are probably more so serious than like, dude, who's funny having an acoustic guitar? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, that's so any like any energy we put into it, like the, it was sort of a situation where the more. I put into it the funnier it became you know mm -hmm. like so like the more layers I did the more I tried to make it sound good like the funnier I think it became totally I think mean, there's something inherently funny about like serious music but then like you sing like, like you play like a sad song but like the lyrics you sing are humorous like that in and of itself like the kind of the contrast of the content to the presentation of it yeah is that in and of itself is comedy i mean i also don't want to give too much more away here i just want to play it and let people just be surprised yeah yeah and then and then i think that's probably pretty good unless you guys have anything else you want to say no um paul thank you for being our special special guest yeah my pleasure thanks for having me thank you everyone for listening and thank you navid for all your hard work as always thank you trebuchet elliot lauren for um making this beautiful cover of wonderful christmas time and happy holidays to all happy hanukkah merry christmas peace right. bye. bye okay this is a song that uh there's a lot of christmas songs out there and uh not too many Hanukkah songs, so uh, I wrote a song for those nice little Jewish kids who didn't get to hear any Hanukkah songs. So, here we go.
at the Carnegie Deli yum, yum. Bowser from Shanana And all of the fonts are ready Ya va la marinda. 